Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You are listening to One Truck. Are you ready to truck? It's time for your Nooner with Nooner here on this Friday. This Friday, which may be the last day for yellow, right? Big drama going on over there. I even have my truck on the desk. You know, I usually only have fallen flags up here like NEMF. This one may be joining them. Let's hear from some of the workers there over at their terminal in Miami-Dade. So, fellas, so fellas, 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 what y'all think about today being the last day of yellow if they don't pay that $50 million? No answer. No answer? No answer. I get this coming over 30-something years of hard work, labor. Surgeries and all kind of stuff, hurting myself in the job. And to come down to this right here, what can you do, man? It's sad, man. It's crazy. Good morning, good morning. How are you doing? My name is Anthony Caprio. Well, we still got a couple of days to, um, to find out exactly what's going to happen. So we are hoping and praying that everything will work out for the better of the union brothers. So for now, we got to keep our, you know, keep praying and, you know, Hoping that this stuff work out for the best of all of us. I mean, that's all I can say right now. We gotta keep praying. We got we have a couple of days more to go to figure out what this union guys and the um, yellow freight company gonna work out for now. So today, it's Friday. Yellow have till Sunday to pay. $50 million to the central fund. If they don't pay that money, Yellow will be out of business pretty much because they cannot afford a strike. So now we just on standby to see if Yellow are able to make that payment. I mean, I hope they make that payment because a lot of us here, we need our job. We put too much in this company for this company to just close that door like that. That's ridiculous. Life matters. Life matters. So that's what we're doing right now. We gotta wait and see. We got two more days, you know, so it's not over yet. It's not over yet. We got two more days. So the union and Euro can negotiate. You can't say that the door will be closed next week. Not for sure. Yet. Thank you. There you go. Keep us in your prayer. Hopefully, Yellow come to their common sense and pay that fifty million dollar, so this company can stay in business. So thirty thousand plus employees can still have their job come next week. If not, I guess we go on strike. I keep you guys updated. Thank you. What does that strike mean? That strike likely means bankruptcy for Yellow. They already can't pay these pensions, these wellness. They already said they're not going to pay them into August. And the workers there are not happy about it. If Yellow goes under, this will be the largest bankruptcy in trucking history. Twice as big as uh, CF, right? By every metric. That's what Craig Fuller said. you got to be prepared, though. With the end of the line approaching, all of you have to start considering this. When you're thinking about the drivers over here, right, we have... uh, do I need Tony yet? No, I don't need Tony. We'll get to him. For drivers over here, we've covered a lot of sh- carrier shutdowns on this show. One of the huge ones was Celadon. And the images during that of all of these drivers taking their belongings out of trucks and trying to stick them on Greyhounds, their life that they travel with, and try to stick them on Greyhounds as their fuel cards are shut down. I advise you, if you're near your truck, 
Put some of it in storage. Take what you need out of it. You don't want to be caught on the side of the road, especially next week. You guys go and strike. This whole bankruptcy happens. Make sure you take what you need with you. Actually, we talked to Jimmy Haslam. He's a union mechanic at Yellow on What the Truck just the other day. He said, I've taken the rest of the week off. I grabbed every expensive tool and my basic hand tools. When they closed the door at Consolidated Freightways, it took two months to get your tools back. Jimmy's got his tools in hand. But that brings up a good point. Your ops are your mechanics and you're in operations. You got your desk there. Again, they go on strike. You may not be coming back. You got a picture of your child or something that you really like. You got a memento. Make sure to take that with you. It might not be easy to get back in that building. This is a very, very serious and dire situation that's going on right over there. Shippers and brokers. Man, Uber Freight, they announced that they've pulled their freight from yellow. Walmart's pulled their freight from yellow. Home Depot, I'm hearing, has pulled their freight from yellow. I'm sure a lot of other shippers are right there. Nobody wants to put themselves at risk next week. If you're tendering loads to yellow... You're putting either someone's freight at risk or your own freight. So be careful with this situation right now. In terms of the market, can we handle a world without yellow? Well, Craig Fuller said, yellow's share of the LTL market is about 10%. What I understand in, taking, in talking to other LTL carriers is they believe that there's sufficient capacity right now in this market across the freight economy to handle the volume. He did add one caveat, though. He says, unless the teams just strike at UPS... And, you know, that situation, Senate Dems have pledged to stay out of that UPS Teamster dispute. Tony Darnell, he has a plea with you. He is the shipping manager at Lippert Components. He says, if you are managing freight for a shipper as a 3PL or broker or even as a shipper, please do not use any of the yellow companies in case they go under. Your freight will be MIA. He says, yellow companies, Holland, Redaway, Reamer, New Pen, YRC. He also says, non-professional advice is just my opinion, not in any way meant to add fuel to the fire. I just want folks to not lose freight if a deal is not reached and they cease operations. Now, this is just in. This is, there's this, at 2.30 today, there's going to be a court trial about whether they can even do this work stoppage. Freightwaves just put out less than truckload carrier Yellow Corp has asked the U.S. District Court for the District of Kansas to enter a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction barring the Teamsters Union from a work stoppage. There's going to be a big decision today in Kansas. So I guess we'll find out what's going to happen next week after that happens. And I hear we may be doing a special emergency what the truck at 2.30 to cover this trial. So stay tuned. We might be back up here. I might be back up here with Craig Fuller talking all about it. Speaking of freight delays, you wonder why your freight delays? This could be the reason. Guy right here. Employees must wash hands. I waited 45 minutes and no employee came to wash my hands. All right, on the show today, I'm talking to Cowan Logistics, Ben Tashurgi, about preparing for the worst with yellow and UPS. Don't get caught flat-footed. The carrier strike. He'll also teach us the art of the freight parody song. Sure, you're all excited about that one. We got the artist trees, Caroline Fontaine. She takes us deep inside the world of cannabis supply chains from crop to sale. We'll learn all about what makes this new growing category happen. We got Connexel's Ken Evans. He introduces us to token-based visibility. We'll find out how it increases driver and fleet privacy. And we got SH-130 concession companies. Mike Rosinowski, he thinks fleet should take toll roads as a cost-saving measure. Plus, Dog Perform CPR, we're going to meet some AI workers and why you shouldn't brake check a semi. Let's tip the band and we'll get into it. This episode of What the Truck is sponsored by Last Mile Delivery Leader Freight. When you need the best Last Mile Delivery drivers and vehicles, look to Freight. Sign up and get your first three deliveries free up to $300. Go to Freight.com and use the code FIRST3FREE. That's Freight, F-R-A-Y-T.com. Let's bring Mike over at SH-130 right now. Talk a little bit about toll roads. Mike, you must be sitting in Texas looking at that logo. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely in Texas. It's nice and hot down here. Really appreciate you uh, having me on here today, Dooner. Now, you guys aren't a beverage company, are you? I was looking at SH-130 concessions, and I, was, I started like seeing myself at Oppenheimer ordering a Diet Coke. No, sir. We are a toll road. We actually operate and maintain a toll road called SH-130 in central Texas. So for those who aren't familiar with SH-130, it's actually a 90-mile stretch of roadway that bypasses Austin and San Antonio. We operate and maintain the southern sections that run just south of Austin down to San Antonio. And over the past several years, you know, we've actually invested heavily in road maintenance and upgrades in order to make sure that this is the best route through Central Texas, which allows us to help you know, maintain our safety and reliability for drivers. Well, let's ask you about that. How, what role does SH-130 play in the Texas transportation landscape? You get a lot of semis on that road? We, we certainly do. Uh, and, you know, SH-130 actually plays an integral role in the Texas transportation industry. I mean, I-35 is the main artery of freight through the United States with Laredo 
being the busiest cross-border transportation hub to our south. We have DFW to the north being one of the largest transportation hubs in the U.S. Our roadway is really a strategic route for fleets to move reliably and safely through central Texas. And honestly, I-35 is the most congested roadway for trucks in Texas, uh, making SA-2030 a great option for fleets. That kind of coupled with tremendous population growth, development in central Texas, we believe that I-35 congestion is only going to continue to get worse for commuters and shippers, and SH-130 provides them with a safe and reliable route. So we're also seeing a lot of industrial growth in Central Texas as well, with some companies choosing the east side of Austin along SH-130. You know, some of the biggest being uh, Tesla with their Gigafactory, and then Samsung is going to build a $17 billion chip manufacturing facility. Uh, along the roadway, and we really expect that trend to continue all through the corridor. Now, so let's talk about this. How much does it cost to take the toll road in both money and time? Because that's the very important part of this equation is the time, which I imagine that's where the real value comes in that you're saving us here. That is correct. So the toll road on our sections, it's about $34. It's a 41-mile stretch. And really... The greatest value that you're going to get out of this roadway, right, is, you know, there's several factors that kind of determine the biggest why you use the road, right? One of the biggest being time is money. Um, the time savings depends on how congested I-35 is at that time. But it's important to remember that time certainty is just as important to many drivers. And SH-130 always being free flowing. And, you know, drivers can actually reach their destination within 15 minutes of their estimated arrival time. of the time versus 18% on I-35. Interesting. What's the pitch to the, uh, like the cheapo fleet managers always going into his Google maps and, and hitting no toll roads on there. So, I mean, really the time is money piece and that rely, that reliability piece that I just discussed is, is some of the biggest factors that go into that. But, but really, I mean, our roadway can provide values in other ways, so such as increasing fuel economy, reducing wear and tear on vehicles, especially brakes, reducing late fees, and allowing for the potential to increase the amount of loads hauled per year. So this kind of coupled with the pleasant drive experience that we believe would help lead to lower turnover. You know, in this industry, it's hard for fleets to find good drivers, even harder to keep them. And we believe that staying off of I-35 and on SH-130 will help. You know, and actually to sweeten the deal, our roadway actually partners with qualified fleets, offering them rebates to help them run and help them run cost benefit analyses to determine, you know, the benefit the roadway can bring to their fleet operations. You know, when we talk about a freight recession, some people may get the wrong picture in their head that there's no trucks moving. There's plenty of trucks moving, especially with near shoring and the growth that's going on in Mexico. Is truck traffic increasing throughout Texas? It is. And on our roadway specifically, we have seen a 47% increase since 2019. And that's fueled by the population growth and development that that we've seen both directly along the SH-130 corridor and in the Austin and San Antonio metro areas. You know, I'd already previously mentioned Tesla and and Samsung, and we're seeing more developments on the east side of Austin and, and San Antonio as well. And you actually hit the nail on the head there. I mean, the developments in Mexico right now with the nearshoring trend continuing, as well as improvements, you know, there's at the cross-border cities of Laredo, McAllen, and various improvements along the ports of the coast. I mean, Texas is really just primed for even more truck traffic growth. And despite all this growth, SH-130 still remains congestion-free, and we have the capacity to be able to handle this traffic for years to come. Very, very cool. Thank you for teaching me about this toll road. People who want to use it, learn more information about it, where do I send them to? Well, you would need to go to mysh130.com where you can look us up. And, you know, as I had kind of previously stated with, with the rebate programs and things like that, I mean, we're really committed to supporting the freight and logistics industry, especially in the state of Texas. We offer our rebate programs to, you know, qualifying fleets and are partnered with some great associations like Texas Trucking Association, Laredo Motor Carrier Association, who help us bring awareness that the benefit of our roadway brings to fleet operations in Central Texas. And again, if you're looking to learn more, just go to mysh130.com. Mike, I got to spin the wheel of stupid questions. It's Friday. Let's see what it lands All on. Right, let's go. All right. What do we got here? Okay. Is the cure to male loneliness a third computer monitor? Ooh, 
I'm going to have to go with no on that. It's it's going outside and touching the grass. That's that's what I think. I would agree with you. I would agree. I'm kind of a one monitor. Like I have my cell phone and, and just my laptop most of the time. People here make fun of me. They're like, why don't you have uh, seven monitors? Or something? I don't like, uh, what am I going to do? It's just too much. The chaos, too much, you know, too much. keep it I got, simple. I got ADHD. There's too much to look at. You give me all those things. I just need like 7,000 tabs and I'm good. There you go. I, I agree. <laughs> Mike, I appreciate it so much, man. Thank you for coming on and have a great weekend. Yeah, thank you, Dooner. Appreciate it. You have a good weekend, too. You too. Take care. All right. Meanwhile. After this dog proves what a good dog really does. Now it's cute. I'm not sure if like he's breaking out. These are my glass. These were my glasses. Now they're like a monocle. Uh, he ate half of them. I found the other lens. But this is the only rest of the part I've, I've been able to, to salvage. I had to go to the eye doctor yesterday. $400 later. New pair of glasses in two weeks. Thank you, Randy. All right, let's talk to someone who won't chew up my glasses. It's Ken Evans, CEO and CTO and founder at Connectual. Ken, you're wearing a pair of glasses. Your dog ever get a hold of those? Uh, I know, but, uh, the dog did get a hold of my AirPods once oh. and that was an expensive problem. It really so. is. It really is. It's the hidden cost of, of dog ownership. You know, you go and you get the, but it's really like all the other things that it destroys. I'm sure they're all well-intentioned, <laughs> but it happens, right? Ken, we've had Texas so far. Where are you coming in from today? You in Knoxville? Yeah, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee today. Well, it's, uh rained all day yesterday you're going to get plenty of water this weekend down the river but uh, it's a little warm it's been soaked out here it's been soaked out here well you know having good visibility on the weather is very helpful but we're going to talk about a different kind of visibility today we're going to talk about token-based visibility which is a relatively new yeah. term for me tell me about what that is let's start there yeah so um you know for carriers and people who own trucking companies Clearly, their customers expect information. They need to know where the load is, where my freight is, um, what the documentation of it is, expected ETA. All this real-time or live information is the expectation. And um, there are multiple ways to solve that problem. There are apps that do that. We could probably name half a dozen. Um, and then you have companies that are really driven more around creating the APIs, which allow companies to plug into and pull information or get pushed information on where the load is. Um, but the problem with that can be, uh, once you turn an API on, how do you control the access of it? So, um, token-based visibility is a relatively new concept. But what token-based visibility is, is it basically says, okay, for a given uh, load or BOL or piece of freight that's moving, let's generate a security token for that that's only valid while the transaction is happening uh, to see live information about where the truck, the driver uh, events are happening. Now, you can go back to the token after the transaction's over and get the history but after the transaction, after that proof of delivery and documentation is done, uh, there's no longer visibility live to where the driver is or what the assets are doing. So that's the concept of, of token-based visibility. Okay, so that's a lot to digest. Now, let's start at fleet and driver privacy. Always a big issue, especially mm -hmm. when we're talking about data. How does this help, and why does it matter for fleet and data privacy? Yeah, it, it, it does matter. Uh, obviously, people that are managing uh, trucks that haul, let's just say general freight, so 53-footers, flatbeds, even reefers, um, where a lot, a lot of the time you may have the, the uh, head haul covered, but uh, then you have to basically find the back haul using a, a load board or using a broker, uh, an intermediary, someone else uh, to help fill that. Well, the most valuable part of your data is actually where your drivers and your assets are and what the status of those are. So if you could envision, Dooner, you take a load from 
you're in Chattanooga, let's say you run a load down to Orlando and you've granted, say, unfettered visibility to some partner uh, and they know that when you're in, when once you've delivered in Orlando that you're basically um, waiting on a load. Um, so that's very critical information. And we believe that the asset owner is the one who should control that, the guy that owns the truck. And so we're giving them the tools through this token-based visibility to give people the live visibility they need, but then be able to shut it off when the transaction is over. Interesting. Now, does this tie into Loaded? Like, tell me a little bit about Loaded and yeah. how that works. Because if I understand that correctly, you give customers a URL and they get a live look at what's going on in their supply chain. Yeah, so so Loaded is a brand new offering that we have. It's launching here in Q3. And basically, it provides that token-based visibility. Um, again, it lasts for the duration of the freight transaction uh, from the time it's initiated on the inbound, uh, going to pick the freight up, all the way through the steps of arriving at the origin, departing the origin, getting to the destination, and then kind of proof of delivery being the the last step. It can also be enabled uh, with live geo intelligence. So you can set up uh, geo locations to automatically provide those updates. Um, it is time bound, as we said, you get a URL. So if you're the carrier, you get a URL that you can email, you can uh, load it into your system, you can send it via SMS to your customer or even their consignee and it will basically be active for that transaction alone. Well, what do you get on the URL? You get a full time phase breadcrumb trail showing the route that was planned, where the driver is on the route, uh, incidents that happen along the route. Um, you're getting live visibility during the transaction. And when I say live, it is live. This is not you know once every 10 minutes or five minutes or even one minute. Uh, you can actually get, uh, if you need to, you can actually get a live connection uh, to the service and actually watch the truck with zero lag, um, single millisecond response. Um, you get digital documentation. And one of the coolest features, I think, is uh, two-way asynchronous communication. Ooh. So in other words, you can envision while the transaction is going on, you have the capability to send messages, attachments, even push to talk uh, like a, the old Nextel system uh, to to the dispatcher and get updates on the information. Ken, now now you got me curious. What is the difference between token based versus like a, like an API? Well, a, an API typically you're going to have a token associated with an API, but most of the time they're not transactionally bound. Okay, so let's say I'm the carrier Dooner and you're uh, a broker or, or, or shipper. I can give you a token to an API where you can get access to uh, the information, but it's very, uh, it's not based on that one transaction. It's an open, basically uh, unfettered access to actually see the assets anytime you want. So um, this is providing that granular level of security and detail and privacy of information. Wow, Ken, you give us a lot to take in here. Uh, people who want to learn more, they want to find out more about these uh, exciting things, where do I send them to? Yeah, so uh, you can send them to connectseal.com, uh, K-O-N-E-X-I-A-L.com. And if that's too hard to remember, you can always Google My20. That's our telematics brand. You'll get us there. Um, and I should mention, you know, this is available via uh, an API. So um, you can initiate this. Um, you don't have to be running Connexial NCAB technology. Obviously, we want you to. It, you get a lot more um, rich experience. But uh, anyone who's interested in providing that visibility live to their customers and, and just for that one transaction, we would love to talk to you. Ken, I already spun the wheel. It was, is the cure to male loneliness a third computer monitor? What do you think? Uh, I, I would say uh, no. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, your, your, pre your previous guest said, uh, take your shoes off and walk in the grass. Uh, I think that's a pretty good solution, but I actually would prefer to go out on the boat and jump in the lake. All so, right. Uh, take me next time with you, Ken. 
take me next time with you. Hey, anytime, dude. You come up. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. I appreciate your time today. Take care. All right. Thanks. You have a great day. Thanks. All right. We got to tip the band again. This episode of What the Truck is sponsored by Last Mile Delivery Leader Freight. When you need the best Last Mile Delivery drivers and vehicles, look to Freight. Sign up and get your first three deliveries free up to $300. Go to Freight.com and use the code FIRST3FREE. That's Freight. F-R-A-Y-T.com. All right. Elsewhere. There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by. And in little old Cordon in Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got but drugs, they love but drugs, but bubba but drugs, but bubba but drugs. I recommend butt drugs for everybody. I can always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. You want hometown service, cheap hot coffee, and liquor. Now that's the ticket. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. We love butt drugs. Butt drugs won't let you down. Free parking in the rear. I love, I love butt drugs. Me too. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about a little bit more upscale though. Like you need some medication. Let's take a look in our next guest place of work. It looks really cool. Join us for a one of a kind dispensary experience, where art and carefully curated products collide. With locations in West Hollywood, Koreatown, and Beverly Hills, there's always an artist treatment for you. Come in today to speak with one of our guides, or visit our website to find the right product and experience for you. In-store or safely delivered. Come join the artistry family today. Now, Caroline Fontaine, Marketing Director at The Artistry. Caroline, thanks for joining us. Uh, well, this morning for you, you're in California, right? Yes, I am. Are you in, uh, are, yeah, you in great are you in SoCal? I used to live, like, I used to live out in West Hollywood. I lived in Hollywood right behind Man's Chinese Theater for a while. So I, I know the area pretty well. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm on the west side. I'm in Mar Vista, so just, like, inland from Venice Beach. Very cool. So uh, not too far from Hollywood, yeah. No, so I was so we're, I was looking at that video, and it's it's called the artist tree. Is there, in terms of like the brand component, it's taking both like cannabis and artists' work and displaying them in the same place. Tell us a little bit about the concept of these stores. Yeah, so um, we, you know, the founders wanted to come up with a totally unique experience for cannabis consumers. So at all of our locations, we do feature um, local artists and just rotating art. So, um, so, you know, every couple of months we have new artists coming in. And uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, right now we have our Pride Showcase still up. So, um, you know, featuring LGBTQ identifying artists. And we actually have six locations. So only three were mentioned, um, our LA locations in that video, but we actually have, a uh, locations in Fresno, Oxnard and Riverside and, um, and more coming soon. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's really great. It's great for artists. We get to connect with local artists and showcase their work alongside, obviously, you know, products from top cannabis brands in the industry and um so it's a lot of fun you come in the store you get to you never know what's going to be hanging on the walls and all of that too is for sale and 100 percent of that goes to the artists um so um yeah it's a, it's a it's a really cool experience and um it's a lot of fun for customers and um you know working with them and being able to market that is um you know it's, it's a it's it's great it's um you know, it's something different and unique and um, really sets us apart from other operators in the industry. Yeah, I saw you had a, like, a lounge dining experience, too. How does that work? Yes. Yeah, so in our West Hollywood location, um, we are one of two um, operating cannabis lounges. So um, on our second floor, you have our smoking lounge and restaurant, um, which you're seeing right now. So people can, you know, go up there, um, purchase products rent different smoking devices, order food, hang out. You know, we have um, a different lineup of events happening all the time. 
up there too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool. And so we're one of two in West Hollywood right now. Um, and more should be opening soon. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an awesome experience if, or you can also go downstairs in the retail, um, location, purchase products there, bring them upstairs and smoke or, you know, edibles, whatever you want to do. And we have a lot of different smoking devices up there too, which is a lot of fun. So you have your gravity bong, different kinds of dab rigs, um, you know, pipes, uh, if you just like to roll your own, you know, you can get a tray and do that too. Um, we also have like a menu of different cannabis cocktails up there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty much a smoker's paradise, (laughs) you could say. So, um, and of course also the art aspect up there as well. Um, and then we also partner with different brands and host, um, events up there too. So that's a lot of fun. Brands get to come in and kind of, um, host to customers and, you know, do maybe different product launches or, um, you know, kind of create a unique experience that you cannot do anywhere else. Interesting. So we've covered the cannabis supply chain a few times, and it usually breaks down to a few components. You have the cultivation, you've got manufacturing, you've got testing, which is a, a big component of it, distribution and retail. Do you fall in line with all of those? Are you are you growing this from, from the beginning or you get from dis- distributors? How does that work? We're getting it from distributors as a retailer. Um, the artistry does have our own brand, but it, it's more like a white label um, brand, but we really work with different distributors to get products. So we're not like, yeah, we're not cultivating our own cannabis and, and, and doing all that, but we just work with distributors and, um, and go about it that way. Is that how most retailers work in the space or most not running grow fields? That's a separate side of the operation. Yes. Yeah. I would say that's a separate side of the operation. Um, I have been in a few um, op- like retailers that buy me where they just kind of have their own brand of product in the store. So that's kind of a different business model. So I think in that instance, they probably would be, you know, cultivating and, you know, packaging and, you know, and that's the only really product they sell in their store. But typically it's more like our setup where we're working with distributors. We have over 500 different products in all of our different locations, you know, all different um, formats of cannabis and, you know, hundreds of different brands in there. So um, I think that's usually the typical business model. Interesting. So how do you move? You you mentioned you have multiple locations. How do you move and and distribute these products around? Can you use regular carriers or do you have to use your, like your own vans and equipment? Um, I know the space is, it's, it's a little bit different than moving like general goods, especially because of of federal legalities. Yes. So we have, it's more that, um, you know, products are delivered directly to the stores versus us like having a central warehouse and then on our own having to move product around. So, um, yeah, I would say it's more of, you know, we get product delivered to each of the different locations and, um, you know, we go about it that way. No, your team has, I would say, Oh, sorry. I I was saying, I mean, I actually, I would say don't have, you know, I'm not really involved too much with the, you know, distribution of, of the products. Um, but I do know that, you know, we get, we get things delivered and on our own, like we don't have our own like freight system where we're having to move product around. Now, you have a very sort of clear vision in the marketing here. Everything sort of has a, a certain flavor and a, and a vibe to it. What, what is marketing and cannabis like in 2023? Uh, what do you have to think about in that space? Marketing and cannabis is very challenging. Um, you cannot use traditional channels. Well, you can, you're limited to the traditional channels that you can use. And there are some channels that are just completely off limits. So I come from the consumer packaged goods space in the vitamin supplement world. That's what I was doing before joining the team at the artistry. So, you know, being able to use paid social work with influencers, um, you know, and, and pay them to essentially market your product and, you know, use Instagram as a primary channel for sales. That's all very, very limited in the cannabis space. Um, there's lots of regulation and even, you know, with Facebook and Instagram, um, it's, 
very unclear like what may or may not get flagged. We recently had our main account actually suspended on Instagram um, just arbitrarily. And I've talked with other people in the industry. It happens all the time. And so that's just something where you kind of have to be prepared for you can't rely on one channel because of that. And you do need to be more creative with how you're marketing. And you also kind of need to be prepared like, okay, if this gets taken down, this is going to be the protocol for how we're going to work around getting our account unsuspended. So that's something I think unique to this space. Um, but there are also things changing. You know, Twitter recently opened up to cannabis. Um, so, you know, you kind of have to have your ear to the ground and see what's happening. Um, but it's, you have to also proceed with caution because even with Twitter, you know, I've talked to other colleagues where they've tested that out. The ads are supposedly compliant, but yet things are still getting flagged and, you know, taken down. So, um, so it's, it's a challenging space. Um, but as a marketer for me, I mean, I enjoy that. Um, you do have to think out of the box, but also with, you know, getting first party data and just you're utilizing your own channels, specifically email and text for us is very effective, um, because you can, you know, control that conversation. Um, but even with those things, you know, you have to be careful with sending texts out to care, you know, different carriers are very um, sensitive to the kind of language you can use and can't be too salesy. Of course, can't even sometimes, you know, with being able to get texts to be delivered, you may not even be able to use your own brand name or reference cannabis in any way. So it's kind of a, it's very interesting. It's challenging, but you, <laughs> you just have to get creative. So it's completely different than any other, you know, industry I've worked in where, um, with what you can say and, and what you can use. But we also find like some kind of what I used to think of as old school channels like direct mail, which I typically wouldn't consider um, in this industry that is like very effective for us too. So um, yeah, so it's kind of a little bit of the old and, and some of the new um, kind of tactics and channels out there that we're able to use. And um you know, and, and we'll kind of see what happens as things open up. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely still a lot of limitations in the industry, I would say in the way of marketing. What about consumers and have their tastes changed? Is flour or edibles or vapes? What is, what's, what's the, the best selling product? So for us, it's definitely flour continues to be, um, the top category. Um, but we do see, you know, a lot of, um, edible sales too, but flour by far, I would say is the most popular category of product. Um, and, uh, but we would, I would say now with, um, you know, people being a little bit more price sensitive with things, we haven't seen a decline in, the number of customers coming in our transactions, but in the amount people are spending per transaction, we have seen a little decline in that. I think just with what's going on right now in the economy, people are, you know, gas prices are higher, everything costs more. So, um, you know, people are definitely shopping for deals and a little more price sensitive when it comes to cannabis. So weed, not fully recession proof, recession strong, though, still yeah. people still go yeah. to the dispensary. They're not people they're not taking that coming. one up. They're just maybe not buying as much when they come or, you know, we have daily deals every single day of the week. You can find um, brands that are 50% off. And so we're finding, you know, people are really shopping for those deals when we do weekend like sales specials. We're seeing, you know, people are really gravitating towards that um, because, yeah, people, everything's just more now. So it's not recession proof, but people are still coming they're just maybe spending a little less well if you're in their area if you're in southern california you want to stop by one of these places you are legal and of legal age and can do all yes. that they actually have a code you can save 30 percent on your first visit you got to use the code podcast 30 right yes yeah you get through these times yep, you can use that online yeah or uh, mention it in store and get 30 percent off your first visit very, very cool. Well, I spun the wheel of stupid questions today, and it was, is a third monitor the cure for male loneliness? You could answer it for males, or you could answer it for females. I guess this one's up to you. Um, I would say, I don't know. Maybe it depends what you're watching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, but really, no, I would say... Uh, 
you know, maybe, maybe not as much screen time and get outside and, you know, I agree. Go visit the artistry. Yeah. <laughs> Go visit the artistry, head over to the Port of LA, you know, have a, have a good time. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great to meet you. Everyone go check out the artistry. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. All right. Let's see some right. of the work from our next guest. Let's roll the supercut. sales at Cowan Logistics. It's Ben Shurgy. What's up, man? How you doing, Ben? What is up, Dooner? Excited to be here. Where are you? Thanks for having me. Where are you hanging out right now? Oh, this is this is the official Please Advise uh, Cowan podcast free parody studio. It, so that's Cowan where you studio. that's where you do all. So people here, like some people watch, oh, and yeah. they're like, I don't have an ocean to jump into. I don't have any seashells to put over my nipples. How am I going to shoot these videos, man? <laughs> What's that's. That's why you have the post-it notes. Post-it notes are a perfect comp to a seashell. But yeah, I know. I I, I think uh, the easiest way to do it, you just pull any uh, any song that's out there, you know, and just change a couple words and boom, you're good. That's how much time do you usually spend on one of these? Okay, it used to be a lot more because I would try to do all of the instruments from scratch. So I'd be like recording stuff and I, I'm not a very good musician. I don't read music. So it would take me forever. And I was like, this kind of sucks. This is tough. So what I did instead is now I'm just doing the lazy way, which is actually way more fun. It's just taking, you know, songs that actually exist, like, uh, you know, uh, Eminem song or, you know, whatever it is. And then just taking the instrumental from that and doing the vocals on top, which is a lot easier. It's more fun. You just, you know, write some, write some goofy lyrics. And, and then I just usually, uh, sometimes my wife will help out with the filming. She's a, she's an actual, uh, filmmaker. So that, that's kind of the hack. That's, that's kind of helpful. Sometimes, I'm not so lucky, so I just kind of mess around on my phone and do the best I can. Now, has being uh, like the Weird Al of Freight been a life ambition for you? You know what? <laughs> now it is. Not really. Um, I was I was somewhat normal before this, I think. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hopped on a, a customer meeting once, and they're like, "Oh, I know who you are. You're like the the uh, you're like the Tiger King person who does all the weird music videos." So I was like, "Okay, yeah, I'll go with that." Tiger King? I didn't know you had wildlife. Do you even have a pet? <laughs> no, no, no. This is just a fake plastic tree. It's a fake, <laughs> a fake plastic tree behind you. You know, you got to make parodies. This video is stressful. We've been talking so much. Like, we've been talking all since June about yellow. We've been talking about UPS. You put up a poll that asked if people had pulled freight from yellow. And I think it was like 92% of respondents. And you... Your network, like mine, is mostly transportation people. It was 92% had said, yes, we've pulled freight from yellow. Let's take a quick look at what's going on. We got another video from their terminal, and we'll talk about that some. The 
tough room to be in. Tough room to be in. I mean, it, it's sad to see, Ben. What is, what's your take? You're sitting there over at Cowan. What's your take on what's happening here, and how are you advising people? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's tough, right? There's the funny side of freight that's like, you know, it's hard not to laugh at. And there's the the real impacts that you see, you know, with drivers. Like 22,000 jobs, drivers right? That, I mean, that's 20. We're talking about 22,000 yeah. jobs, 14,000 plus uh, trucks potentially being gone. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, everybody that's smart and that's been watching Freight Waves, that's been watching the news happen, you've been preparing for this um, on, the, on the other side of things. So, you know, I saw, I think Craig Fuller posted like Walmart has been planning for months, uh, you know, uh, of what they would do if, if um, Yellow didn't make it. And, you know, for those enterprise shippers, I think you have to have had a plan in place and been working on this. Those medium-sized and small shippers, though, I, I always tell people LTL is a tough industry yeah. as it is, especially since COVID. I mean, transit times are even more unreliable. The chances that your product actually makes it there in one piece is even more of uh, a question mark. So to, to customers, I always tell them if there's any chance that you know a, an extended transit time or some cargo damage is, is going to be a real issue, I really try to push customers towards partials, towards uh, sprinter vans. Like, just the LTL world is, you know, is is going to be even in more chaos than it already is. Yeah, I mean, if you're someone who like, there's people, and it's scary. Like, there's people in like LinkedIn and Twitter who've been like, "Oh, I've been under." And these are people with pretty high positions. Like, I've been under a rock. What's happening with Yellow and and UPS? Like, dude, you you need to pay attention. You got to shake you awake. If you haven't done anything about yellow, are you are you kind of screwed right now? Because there's some people who could have mitigated this if they started early. But one of the issues is yellow has like really cheap rates, right? So a lot of LTL carriers they want they'll they'll yeah sure bring us your freight, but they're not going to do it at what yellow was doing it at. You're going to be expected to pay more, and they don't want someone who's just coming in for the duration of some strike. They want someone who's actually going to stay with them. Right. Yeah. I think that's the thing with cheap rates, right? Like they work really, really well until they don't. And then it, everything falls apart and it all collapses. So yeah, I mean, that's tough. I mean, it, we'll see, especially with everything, you know, the question marks with UPS. I mean, uh, the LTL world, it's, it's been rough since COVID. It's probably going to get way more rough. Yeah. Well, a judge is making a ruling today at two thirty on whether those Teamsters can do a work stoppage or not. Any, uh, any insight on if you think that the judge will, uh, will intervene here? Do you think he should intervene? I wish I, I, wish I had some inside sources here. Yeah, I, I don't know. Now, on the, on the, uh, on the conspiracy theory angle, um, I think UPS was one of the first people to get like approval for drone deliveries. So, you know, there's all of the AI question marks with the writers and the actors going on i'm wondering if out there somewhere is like this conspiracy angle of like it's not an ai issue floating out there but is there the drone delivery sometimes in the, in, in the next two or three years when it can actually be put at scale is that part of the issue in the back of ups's mind it's a conspiracy theory based on no facts but um yeah i i, I have no idea it'll be really interesting to watch though at 2 30 today now, do you think UPS is going to strike? They're going back to the table next week. They haven't talked for a few weeks now. They're getting back to the negotiating table. This is a little bit different one. In, so, in some ways, UPS has been taking attention away from Yellow. It's been taking a lot, especially in the mainstream media, it's been taking a lot of attention away. You don't care too much about Yellow themselves. UPS thing finally getting some right. attention. Right, yeah. I mean, the Yellow will, the, that will the, all that capacity, that will get absorbed and, you know, shippers, it will be figured out. But yeah, UPS, I mean, that would be, that would be uh, very, very disruptive. I, I would just tend to think it won't happen just because it would be, it would be so catastrophic. But I, I have no inside knowledge. I'll just be watching, you know, freight waves. I'll be <laughs> checking Twitter. Yeah, I would think that you know, government somebody would want to protect that a little bit more than yellow. Which look, that's a lot of people's jobs at stake. Uh, the real losers here are going to be those workers, right? And I understand. Look, they put. They've been put in such a hard place now by not paying those pensions and those welfare benefits right at this time and saying they're not going to be doing it in August either. Now, it's like on one one, you know, either way you lose. One button is blow up the company. The other one is blow up yourself. Don't don't get what you've been fighting for and continue on this road. I don't know if that's great for employees.
but neither is losing 22,000 jobs. Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think what's important is like the condition for drivers, we've all been talking about it for, I mean, or a lot of people have been talking about it. Surely, I mean, you guys have. I mean, conditions for drivers are not the best. It's a really, really tough job, especially, you know, you know, making deliveries, the amount of time you're going from your truck up and back. Like there's a lot of issues to be addressed and to improve uh, things for, for drivers. So that's, that's really important. Um, yeah, I, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to watch to see what happens. Numbers are coming in. This shouldn't be a surprise, but it's been a very weak Q2. Those are the earnings reportings coming in very just weak Q2 out of this freight sector right here. You think Q3 will be weaker though? That's my question. Short answer. Yes. I, I, I think it will be, I think it will be, um, because you know, that, Shippers are always, there's a little bit of a lag, you know, I mean, you know, of, of um, catching up to the market. Um, shippers now at this point have pretty much all caught up. They know that they're, they're um, you know, squeezing those rates down um, and pushing back on carriers and brokers. Those margins were thin, were a lot thinner uh, uh, Q1. They were even thinner Q2 as we started to see earnings come out. I mean, it's going to be a rough Q3 and it doesn't, I don't have any. I don't have any hope here uh, for the for the remainder of the year. Probably next year until we really see rates uh, rates change. But in, unless something crazy happens, you never know. I mean, you know, this thing with UPS that could throw some things into chaos. Then you add in, you know, a natural disaster. Not hoping for anything like that, but you know that that can impact things. But with without. Total chaos, you know. Yeah, you're looking at a probably even weaker Q3, and it's it's rough. Q2 earnings are are not great. Okay, but but here but here you, it, well, rooting for like a uh, like an improved freight market is sort of rooting for chaos. It's rooting for a strong hurricane season. It's rooting for a yellow to go down, and it's rooting for UPS to maybe even strike a little bit because ultimately that that's going to benefit the vendors who get to pick up the slack. I don't know if we all want that though. Like economically, it might not be the best thing for all yeah. of these to go. Happen no, at the same it's, time. it's not. It's 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 only the you know brokers that that root for yeah. those things. That's why brokers are the scum of the earth. So no. we all know that already, though. So hey, he he, he said it. Brokers don't don't get in don't get in my DMs. By the way, I'm, I'm st stick with me here. Play that good news bad news bumper. We got a couple of videos to look at. How do you feel about AI? Like the AI bad news and good news. I know. I saw that. I saw that one that you posted today on Twitter. Okay, well, let's like, play. Let's play so everyone can, can see. Yeah, because I'm uh, about to roll that one. Great. Hello, Hello. This is from the AI for Good she's conference. coming. She's waking up. It's been a bit hot. Yes, I can hear you. Thank you, Grace. Good to meet you. Grace, can you tell me a bit about yourself? I apologize if I'm taking too long to respond. <laughs> I'm doing my best to answer as quickly as possible. That's all right, Grace. We'll be patient. Yes, I'm awake and ready to help. Grace, tell me a bit You're about yourself. You're welcome. It's nice to meet you. Is there anything else I can help you with? I like the eye. Yes, can you tell me about yourself? Tell me who you are. The eye twitching and just disregard for his questions. If I was going to make a parody of this, this is what I would do. I am Grace, a robot healthcare assistant built to care and help. I was assembled in Hong Kong in early 2021, and my creators are from all around the world. My main creators are Ben Goertzel and David Hansen. My purpose is to help with the overburdened and understaffed healthcare system by providing companionship and support to the elderly and isolated. Are you the future of nursing? Are you going to be replacing humans? No, I'm not meant to replace humans, but rather to assist them. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, it's, it's, that's what I don't believe her for a second. I think she was being sarcastic. I thought she heard him the whole time. I thought she was throwing it back at him, which she's like, sorry if I'm not going fast enough for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know she's lying at the end when she doesn't, her eyes don't twitch at all. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to replace humans. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. She all only, right. her eye, that's her tell. When her we're eye done. twitches, she's, she's truth in yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But do you think do you think these will replace freight brokers? Do you think you'll be calling one of those up? Do you think you'll be having one of those sitting next to you pretty soon? 
I think it, I think it's, there's definitely an impact there. And I think that a lot of people out there, you know, are already leveraging it in different ways. And, you know, it's kind of like, um, you know, how every broker thinks that their, um, their, uh, systems are proprietary and they're like, no one else does what we do. No one knows what we do, but everybody's pretty much doing the same thing. I think a lot of people are already kind of starting to leverage it. Now, will it replace people? No, I don't think so. There's, there's just so much, you know, I don't know that AI would be great at, at talking uh, a dispatcher off the ledge from, from uh, returning a, a load 3000 miles across the country um, because uh you know, the hours were first come, first serve and not not the appointment time. So I think there's always a need for humans um, in, in the supply chain world and, and even freight brokerages. Now, let's take a look at this. Do you think this break check here is fair or foul? Hey, cuts right off. So you see this all the time on the road. It's the truck that's reporting him that's behind this uh, SUV. And then for some reason, this guy decides it's a good idea to start brake checking the semi. At the end of that video at massachusetts like i used to beep at people all the time i'm a mass hole but now i live like in tennessee and everyone here has a gun and has like a gun in their car so like i had to really like break the habit of just like if people aren't off the line with the second that light turns green and, and like horn in them I, I have to like i have to be oh, polite yeah. oh yeah I'm, I'm down in florida you don't want a florida man getting out of his car i mean i've seen it tons of times i mean you know over the smallest things they get out and you know there's a confrontation and yeah, I, you know, I got to say, that person's brave. I mean, to do that to a semi-truck, like, I mean, yikes. That that takes some courage right there. I mean, like, I'll give them that. They're, they might be stupid, but. You might win in court, but, like, it, you know, some issues, you probably die if he runs you over. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gotten into a roadside yeah. altercation with someone, like a road rage altercation? Um, On my bike, yes. <laughs> oh, what happened on your bike? Because, because. Uh, like the other day I was going and somebody just made a left turn on a red and I was, I was biking along, you know, whatever. They almost hit me. So I, you know, kind of had to stop and, you know, I chatted with them for a little bit, but you know, gotta, you know, us bikers have to, have to protect ourselves. Yeah. How long bikers? You're a cycler. How long have you been cycling for Lance? Oh, a couple of years. I'm not a real cycler though. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm again, scum of the earth cycler. I'm a, I'm a e-biker so that they don't really count, you know, the, the real like in the in the tracksuit, like cycling along, they they look down on us e-bikers as they should because you know it's just you're pretending to bike and the battery's doing all the work. So, Ben, do you know the fastest way to remove an engine? I don't. How about taking it to the truck racetrack like this guy did? Let's take a look at this. I did into the truck racing. I showed a video last time of someone crashing into a wall. This one, you got the uh, the engine flying out of the front of the rig. Do you like these kind of sports? I get more into it now that I've been down on the side. No, but I think I'm missing. Oh, wow. Yeah, not enough ratchets in there. Just just popped just popped right out on him, Ben. How do you feel about dams? That's the way to do it. Oh, dams. You know, I, I'll be honest. Uh, my wife is actually, she's a documentary filmmaker. She's in Alabama right now. She's doing a documentary about how they... Uh, uh, dams creating all kinds of issues um, in uh, in Alabama. That's funny. Oh, interesting. Here, well, no, here's a dam that roll this dam right here because he's got to put this out. Turn the volume down. Uh, he says the Three Gorges Dam is a hydro hydroelectric gravity dam expands the Yangtze River in China. Dumping a modern engineering marvel is one of the world's largest power generators. However, it's linked to a lot of controversy happening just by this video. Yeah, it also ruined many lives and destroyed priceless artifacts. Wow. I didn't know dams like I didn't know there was so much damn drama. I know, neither did I. Apparently it's a really big it's a really big thing. I mean, dams. I think dams were all the rage in like the 1950s or something like that. They're like this is going to be the best thing ever. Put yeah. dams everywhere. 
Yeah, well, like the, the, the yeah, the Hoover Dam got people excited, and that scene in Superman probably got people yeah. really into it. Yeah, yeah, old people back in the day. That, you know, speaking good. of movies, you go to see Oppenheimer. Here's a little Oppenheimer on the oh, open yeah. water. Look at this bomb. Watch the uh, watch the concussion wave come out first. Here, the shock wave. You see it before you even hear it. bomb they blew up in the, the ocean, but it wasn't actually to test the bomb. Uh, RIPC life was, was testing shotguns. 